Are we live? People deluded, I'm back again. Thank you very much for tuning back in. And as usual, welcome back to another edition of the Deluded Podcast, the DG Podcast, the Really and Truly Podcast. I hope everyone's well and safe. Good morning, a very good morning to those of you in the UK. It's around quarter to five where I'm concerned, people. So good morning from over these sides. And like I said, good morning, good afternoon, good night, Um, you know, good whatever it is. I hope you're doing well and safe with it being Tuesday. Hope you've all got your health. Hope you've all started the week well and welcome back to another edition of the dg podcast the deluded podcast the really and truly podcast people where every day it takes a new name just as long as you're supporting the thing if you're on youtube make sure you're hitting the like buttons i can't imagine you're not subscribed but make sure you're subscribed you know every like and subscription helps the engagement levels make sure you're subscribed on twitch because a lot of my live streams um, are on Twitch first and a lot of you don't know so make sure you're following and subscribing on such I think I go live on there at 2pm today where again I'll be talking football tomorrow which is Wednesday I'll be doing football manager content and if there is something to talk about I'll be live at 11.30 or 11.30ish for you know the usual folks now granted there isn't that much to talk about in the world of football but there's always something so again um, let me let me actually scroll down on what I'm here to talk about. And let's talk about something very serious, a couple of things very serious. First things first, RIP to Jean-Pierre Adams. Again, before my time, the 73-year-old was a former French and PSG defender. Sadly, as you lot know or may not know, he spent 39 years in a coma. And sadly, at 73 years of age, his life has ended. Um, PSG paid pay tribute to him as well. He was cared until his last days by, by his wife, who had been... Yeah, he, obviously he'd be he's been lying in a coma at his home since 1982. As you lot know or don't know, he was initially injured in a match and required surgery during the operation at the Leon Hospital. An anesthetic error saw him fall into a coma. As you know, as a young boy, Adams left his home country of Senegal fueling his passion for football. He was spotted by Nimes in 1970 and went on to score 10 goals in 98 games for the club. So RIP to him. Sadly, the bad news doesn't end there because a young footballer unfortunately died and collapsed during an FA Youth Cup game in Nottingham. Dylan Rich of West Bridge Bridgefort Colts, forgive me for mispronunciations, was taken to hospital in an ambulance after he reportedly suffered a suspected cardiac arrest and was treated with a defibrillator during the team's game against Boston United on Thursday evening. Apparently, his devastated and heartbroken club announced on Sunday that unfortunately Rich had died following the incident. A statement from his club said it is with great sadness that following the events of Thursday evening, we have to announce the tragic passing of Dylan Rich. This news has left everyone involved with our club devastated and heartbroken. Our thoughts and prayers go out to his parents, Mike and Anna, his sister Lucy and Dylan's fat family, friends and teammates. The club would like to thank everyone within the Colts and the wider footballing community for the hundred of heartfelt messages and thoughts we have received over the past few days. So it's unfortunate that someone has to die. A young man, again, it hasn't actually said how old he is in this article to me, but I assume he's... he's 18, you know, no more than older than 20. So he had his life ahead of him. So first things first, my heart goes out to his family because I can't comprehend it. But, you know, no no parents should have to bury bury their son or their daughter. So I can only imagine the void that's left in their, in, in their heart. It's easier said than done, but may God give them the strength to continue and carry on and be there for his other siblings that he may or may not have. And also to continue. Um, it's, it's unfortunate and it's unfortunate that a man died doing something a lot of us loved. So... You know, hopefully it's not in vain. Again, if he did have some underlying health problems, is there ways of spotting it potentially in other footballers? If this, this is just incidents 
that's limited to the to the to the game. Is there some signs we could have read? It can't be his death can't be in vain, and there has to be an inquest to how this can be avoided. If it is something that can be avoided, it's nice to see he was treated with a defibrillator because if that was not on, obviously ultimately it couldn't save his life, unfortunately. But if that was not on the ground, um, you know, it would be the club, you'd have a lot to say about the club, especially with what's happened with Christian Eriksen going a few months back into the Euro. So unfortunately, you know, we've had to talk about that. Um, still unfortunate news, but better than that news, you know, um, Pele has had a has had surgery to remove um, a tumour out of his colon, I believe. I could be wrong. Um, and he's he's tweeted on his Twitter, or his advisors have tweeted via his Twitter, that he's on demand, that he's doing well on things. So it's important to talk about, about these things, people. Let me actually assure, um, make sure that I'm reading out the right things. Sorry, people, I did screenshot it. Yeah, to remove an apparent tumour on the right side of his colon. As you lot know, he was in intensive care and he'll be transferred today um, to the Albert Einstein Hospital in Sao Paulo, people. Um, apparently, the Brazilian football legend said he will face this match with a smile on his face. So, yeah, man, slightly positive news. But again, we have to talk about that. Um, in relation to Benjamin Mendy, I don't want to speak about it, but apparently a second man has been has been, has been been charged in, in relation to what's ongoing there. Again, I don't want to speculate until things come out and what not people officially confirming what we already assume we know. But a second man has been, has been, has been, you know, has been charged. And as you know, Mendy's remanded in custody and he faces at least three counts. It might even be four last time I checked of rape, including someone under 18. And it's apparently happened. One happened in January this year and then others at another period. So hopefully justice is sought for whoever is guilty and whoever is innocent or whoever is a victim and a suspect. Hopefully they're treated accordingly. And my heart goes out to the prospective victims because as we know, that is a disgusting act that might harm someone physically, but you rob them of a lot mentally, just beyond the obvious of why you shouldn't be doing things like that. So yeah, man, my heart goes out to all of these sort of things, people. Um, away from away from that, people, away from away from that. As you lot know, slightly uh, slightly earlier yesterday, it was reported, you know, the latest on the fast between Argentina and Brazil is that the Argentinian players would fly back to a couple of players would be flying back to Europe, especially those in relation to the Premier League people. Um, as you know, initially it was suspected that Martinez and Brendy are flying, well, they still are, are on a plane flying back, are planning, sorry, planning on flying back to, to Europe on Monday, which was yesterday following the suspension of their World Cup qualifying Sao Paulo. As you know, Martinez is one of the four players who are accused of not following strict COVID protocols upon entering Brazil with the Argentinian national team. Um, so we'll have to see. But apart from that, though, um, the, the, the story has developed. Sorry, folks. Argentina have rejected all... Sorry, a man said rejected. This is how you know it's early in the morning. Argentina have released all four of their Premier League representatives from their national team. That includes Buendia, Romero, Le Celso, um, and obviously Martinez. Um, that means obviously they will not play against against Bolivia on this Thursday and will return to their Premier League clubs. And I'm sure there is some sort of what's it quarantining they have to do. Like Ronaldo's in quarantine, and it, again we'll speak about it on Friday's edition of this. But he's in he's in quarantine and he'll be done by then. And it's Ronaldo in it, so he can still play. But will he actually start for Man United? Oh, Probably be for you, because I said it's early, people. Um, as you lot know, people, you know, there's gonna be a trio of fines for the Spurs lads when they when they return to to 
to Enfield, you know, Hotspur way. Apparently, Lo Celso, Romero and new signer Romero and Colombian international Davidson Sanchez will face fines upon their return, their return, but should be available for their game against Chelsea on September the 19th. The same apparently applies to the Villa duo in Buendia Martinez regarding their game against Everton people. So there's probably certain things in mind that they have to do and things like that and obligations in place. So it wasn't it wasn't taken care of. So, yeah, they have to face the music, hold them fines and, and move on with that people. Um, it's quite, it's quite, it's quite crazy in relation to in relation to what's going on in the international scene, and I, I'm a bit concerned when you look at Morocco and um, Guinea, um, uh, Nabi Keita's country. Apparently, there was a coup going on, so obviously safety is paramount, and that's been developing over the last few days. Really, well, I say days, 24 hours. Allegedly, Morocco's national team was escorted out of Guinea on Sunday as the World Cup qualifier was postponed after soldiers attempted a coup in the West African country's capital. On Sunday, people, as you lot know, it would—it was reported early on Sunday the Moroccan national team had been stranded um, within the, their hotel. Guinea was supposed to hold Morocco, host sorry Morocco in a World Cup qualifier on Monday, but for obvious reasons, due to the uprising and the closure of borders, that can't happen. People um, apparently, the the Morocco the Moroccan coach said on um, told the keep on Sunday that he could hear gunshots nearby all day. Um, so I'm not too sure, people. The current political and security situation in Guinea is quite volatile and is being monitored closely by FIFA and CAF, a FIFA statement read. To ensure the safety and security of all players and to protect all match officials, FIFA and CAF have decided to postpone the match people. Um, and um, rescheduling information will be available at a later date, people. Soldiers claimed on national television that they had dissolved the government and closed all land and air borders. So again, how the hell are people going to get out of here, people? Again, I don't know the political um, the political landmark and, and how it looks in, 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 in Guinea, but it does sound quite scary, especially for footballers where, you know, you must be scared like anyone else. Apparently, Liverpool are in touch with authorities to ensure Naby Keita returns safely to the UK after the military coup in his homeland as well. Um, a statement read on 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 Monday from Liverpool. We're in constant contact with Naby Keita and have had regular communication via his national team management. We are satisfied that he is safe and well cared for. Obviously, the situation is fluid and we'll maintain regular dialogue with the relevant authorities as we work to get Naby back to Liverpool in a timely and secure manner. So again. Hopefully that is something that is resolved sooner rather than later and people are protected. Um, if you're travelling to Champions League games, people, not if you're going to Young Boys against Manchester United away from home because COVID means you can't go to that. But UEFA has apparently confirmed that away fans can attend European club competition matches from next week. Obviously, with the Champions League in Europa getting going soon, people. Um, away fans will be able to attend games in the Champions League, Europa League and Conference League subject to national government coronavirus restrictions as you lot know away football fans have been over the last year have been crippled from attending games much less away fans so that's good for the fans them because there's some exciting matches in the in the in the champions league especially you know where ronaldo and neymar and messi and all of these sort of ilk of players are concerned on the topic of ronaldo people allegedly it's to be expected but cristiano ronaldo's manchester united um daily shirt sale record in less than four hours um sorry people 
Cristiano Ronaldo broke. I don't know why I didn't read the broke, but he broke Manchester United's daily shirt sale record in less than four hours after it was confirmed he would retain his iconic number seven. And I'm sure you've all seen the images. To, you know, the line is going out the store. It's to be expected. It's Cristiano Ronaldo. It's CR7. These things happen, innit? Let's just hope he gives the fans that are people. Something just dropped, people. One sec. Let's just hope he gives the fans something to remember, people. A light has just dropped again. I haven't secured the base of, of the light too well, people. Things can go wrong on set. Let's pick that up. Go back again. Like I said, it's early in the morning and important news, people. Make sure all the all the props are secure. But moving away, moving away from all of that, folks. Um, so yeah, we've spoken about Ronaldo, we've spoken about you know what's going on with the Argentine players. Sadly, we've spoken about some sad rather moments collectively in in, in football. Um, and like I said, deepest condolences out, out there to um, Dylan Rich, who sadly lost his life, people. The, uh, that article also said as well, there's some other bits that I, I don't know why I didn't read, but I didn't read. The club will provide all the support it can to those players and club officials impacted by this tragic event. But for now, there are no further words possible. We'd like to think, we'd like to ask everyone to respect the family's privacy at this incredibly difficult time. Um, it's quite sad, people, man. You know, emergency services were called to the sports ground after the player became unseriously well. The match was abandoned as a result of the incident. The FA said it was deeply saddened by the tragic news and they went on to send their condolences as well, folks, people. Away from that, though, I don't know if you lot have heard, but a World Cup every two years, Arsene Wenger is bugging out. I'm not going to lie, though. I'm not really for it, but I'm for it. I'm not for it because I think it should remain an every four-year thing. It's a prestigious event. It gives things something to build up on. You know, again, I feel footballers, they're already playing. Not that the World Cup is pointless, but, you know, you've got ridiculous amount of games. Pre-season is packed with ridiculous amount of, pre of pointless games. You've got hella pointless international games. You're still going to have to... I know it's going to be condensed if this was to happen, but you're going to have a dense, condensed fixture calendar. So it's just going to be more games quicker and quicker, you know. So I do worry about the welfare. And obviously, this is a money thing. And obviously, it could potentially take... I wouldn't say take the prestige away, from the World Cup, but take the prestige away from it. That's my against it. Part of me is for it. I can't lie. I don't, and I and I feel disgusted with myself. But a World Cup every two years. I don't know why I'm. I can't give you a specific reason, but I'm actually up for it. You know, I want to see that a bit more because I feel you strip out the pointless international games. No clue how. You know, I don't know why the Confederations Cup wasn't played this year because the World Cup's next year. But no clue how you would fit in a Confed. The mini Copper Americas, the many Copper Americas, sorry, you're you, in the Euros. I don't know how you fit that all in, but a World Cup every two years does appeal to me. It makes things exciting to know it's having every two years. You get more memories, you know, you get more stars. Again, no clue where you're going to find somewhere to host it every two, every two years because you're going to need people time. You know, you, there's no more Qatar 2022 and all of that. Um but it'd be interesting. But allegedly, Arsene Wenger reveals plan for World Cup every two years, meaning tournament football every summer. And again, that's spare a thought for the footballers physically, but also mentally as well, because it's a lot to physically you've got to be prepared. But mentally for a tournament as well, it's quite difficult. You know, it's quite difficult on the best of days playing professional football, much less national pride. So I do think it, it, it further confirms footballers like guinea pigs. And with respect to Arsene Wenger, it's probably not being done for the right reasons. This is just a sponsorship thing. There's more money, more all of these sort of things for the players. Obviously, if this was to be introduced tomorrow, you could probably squeeze out more tournaments, like at least one more World Cup and Euros, respectively, um, and a Copa America for Cristiano Ronaldo, Messi, um, 
and all these cups on top of what they could play anyways. You squeeze, you could squeeze the next one out. You know, Ronaldo's got a three-year deal at, at, at Mad United. If he keeps playing to his 40, at least has two left in him, um, you know, next one, next year and the next one. That's, that's, that's what I'm getting at, people. You could squeeze the next one in for those players there. But the principle would be grouping of the qualifiers every year. And at the end of the season, a major competition, World Cup or Continental Championship. To be honest, condensing the, the qualifiers, you look at South America, they're actually behind for their World Cup qualifiers. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Apparently, between those two qualifying windows, the players would stay in his club all year. There must be less of a mix in the calendar between periods of club and international football. And therefore, fewer transcontinental trips for players, for example. Apparently, under Wenger's vision, this would see the new format beginning in 2028, means the Euros is held in the odd years. So again, there'd be a tournament every summer. It'd be quite lit, but then you do take the prestige of it. You do take the rest of it. You know, the players can't rest. You do have to wonder when players will be in physical condition because, yeah, if you're always training, you're always fit. But mentally, man, you rob a lot when you overwork these players. For players, there will be no more matches and there will be compulsory rest after final stages at least 25 days so again that kind of shuts up my point with Wenger he seems to have covered everything what people want today are high stakes easy to understand competitions there is no financial intention behind this Wenger let's not be silly there is because a bag of people are going to be fighting for this it's a global project for men's women's and youth competitions now apparently women's football will follow suit UEFA has met this with direct opposition as they would people so in in general generally I'm I'm kind of for it I can't sit here and people but i don't really want it away from that as well folks as you lot know marcus rashford you know does more than the government in terms of trying to feed the feed the homeless and feed kids and them things there apparently marcus rashford has said child poverty food poverty sorry is getting de devastatingly worse as you lot know he has called on people to write to their mp in a bid to end um child hunger and the pandemic he has spoken out um as a food foundation survey found 15 percent of um, 6,490 households have experienced insecurity about food in the past six months. Data shows this was 27% higher than before the coronavirus pandemic. Obviously, people struggling financially, COVID puts things even more at a strain. Um, and I don't think definitely children should, should, should feel should be impacted by this anyone with half a heart you know children should be able to have at least three meals a day you know they're growing kids and obviously you you look food impacts a man's learning or a little little boy or girl's learning as well it's 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 a class war really and truly going on in this country and like i said criticize the parents all you want for you know whether they they you know again you can't certain people are just trying so hard they're struggling certain people might not necessarily be the best financially you know but sometimes money just doesn't go that long and you know as someone that's been there I understand it really and Rashford does as well um a government spokesman said it would continue to support eligible pupils during school terms and family had benefited from additional support for food and utilities during the holidays Rashford himself said allegedly while we've come a long way in the last 20 months Placing the issue of food, child food poverty at the forefront, devastatingly, the issue is getting worse, not better. The entire nation got behind the national team this summer. So let's put these figures in football terms. You could fill 27 Wembley stadiums with 2.5 million children that are struggling to know where their next meal might be coming from today. And that's absolutely heartbreaking that's absolutely disgusting especially when you see what the mps put put on their expenses the rich get richer you know it's absolutely appalling like i said children don't deserve this you know children have no have done nothing wrong but being born they're not you know they're they're clearly too young to get a job and improve their finances and buy food themselves you know they 
they, you literally, it's luck of the draw. You can't help who you're born or where you're born, you know. So, again, the minimum we could do is put food in the mouth of, of kids, you know, really and truly. Um, what is it going, what's it, and, and I mean, still look at Rashford, and I mean, you know, certain people in this in this country should feel absolutely appalled with how they treated Saka, Sancho and Rashford, because I bet you certain people that are struggling financially, they'll be the first in line to get food for their kids after calling them this, that and the other, specifically Rashford. So Rashford, forget being a footballer, man, you're an icon, in my opinion, you know, yeah, football's cool and that, but just for the very fact that whatever you win in your career, this and that, just to know you stepped away from that and did something that really has nothing to do with you, just because you've been there, for me, that makes you a legend, in my opinion. And he went on to say, what is going? what is it going to take for these children to be prioritised? Instead of removing support through social security, we should be focusing efforts on developing a sustainable long-term roadmap out of this child hunger pandemic. Rashford is supporting three recommendations as part of businessmen. Henry Dimbleby's food national food strategy, which aimed, I could be wrong about his name, which aims to guarantee that every child at risk of going hungry gets some good food every day. Apparently, they're to expand free meal eligibility to all kids 7 to 18 and all households earning 20 grand or less after benefits and to children who are documented of living in immigrant households with no recourse to public funds. Um, provide long-term funding for holiday activities and food program, expand healthy start eligibility to all households with pregnant women or children under five earning 20,000. The players also told of his own impoverished childhood in Manchester and is calling for the government to support plans, rightly so. Like I said, that's hero stuff. That is what you call using your impact. And like I said, he's done a lot more than certain other footballers. He's done a lot more than, than people that have access like footballers. He's done a lot more than people within just damn right the government people. So like I said, Marcus Rashford's a hero in my eyes and and you know, people that do people that do things like this. Um, I know it's got nothing to do with football, but if you know Michael K. Williams, you know, RIP his soul, he was found dead in his flat in America. As you know, he's been on the wire. He's been on a bunch of stuff, really. You know, it was, um, it was upsetting, really and truly, to know that he passed. Um, moving, moving away from that, uh, Manchester United are to have COVID-19 spot checks at Old Trafford, and that starts with the game against Newcastle people. Um, the club say they expect proof of full vaccination to become mandatory in the Premier League from October the 1st. So, yeah, man, until then, you don't really need that. But fans aged 18 and over are, are advised to prove that they are double jabbed or have had a negative lateral flow or PCR test within 48 hours of the game. So if you're going to the game against Newcastle in anticipation for Cristiano Ronaldo's debut, bear that in mind, people. And also one thing that scares me with that, obviously, Ronaldo, everyone on there, and certain people that are not Newcastle or, 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 or Ronaldo fans or Manchester United fans are going to be flocking in there just because it's an iconic moment. It's one of the best players in history making a, a you know a grand return. Everyone's going to say, where was you when he returned? So you can imagine the amount of people flocking, you know, and then them things there. Obviously, if everybody's flocking, I hope everybody's well and safe. But you can see how COVID can, can spread as we've as we've been learning people. Um, I don't know why I'm saying this, but apparently Tottenham versus Chelsea, the Premier League match, is to be the first um to be the first net zero carbon football match. Fans will be urged to travel to the stadium via bicycle or public transport and eat only vegan food when Spurs host Chelsea in the Premier League on the 19th of September, which is next week. I could be wrong. It's part of a plan to make the game the world's first net zero carbon fixture at elite level. 
Um, the clubs are working with broadcasters Sky to cut emissions around the ground. Fans will also be urged to take positive steps to, re to, to reduce their own carbon footprint. Um, both sets of players will arrive at the stadium on coaches powered by biofuel fuel, sorry, and will be drinking water from more sustainable cartons rather than plastic bottles. Food, state, food kiosks inside the stadium will also be offering a large selection of plant-based options so fans can make a more sustainable choice. So if you're going to Tottenham versus Chelsea at the Spurs ground, just bear that in mind. Obviously, you know, Frank Ribéry, the former France winger, has signed for Salen Salernitana, age 38. He That's a newly promoted Serie A side and he joins after leaving Florentina people. As you know, in Bundesliga, he won nine Bundesligas and a Champions League during 12 years there. So yeah, he's 38, not out really and truly. Him, Ronaldo, I'll show him man how you do this thing. But on that note, people, we've spoken about a lot of things and somehow we've managed to make this last for 24 minutes. So I'm going to get out of here, people. It's been a fantastic podcast. Make sure you're alert to all the other content. Please make sure you like, comment and subscribe on this thing. Go and check out our next vid. I should be live at 11.30 or shortly after that. Make sure you're following me on Twitch because I should be live on 2 p.m. Uh, at 2 p.m. as well. I tell you, don't, don't miss a beat, people. If you're, if you're following and subscribing across all of it, you can't miss anything, people. If nothing else, make sure you're subbing on Twitch. You're supporting the thing on Instagram, DeludiGuna04. And obviously Snapchat as well, DGuna04 as well, where I like to talk to you guys. But... On that note, I'm going to love and leave you. It's been a fantastic podcast. Hopefully, everybody's well ready to and well enough to attack Tuesday and have a good day to remember and also a good week to remember. But on that note, people deluded. Stay safe. I'm out.